Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are. Welcome back to She Loves the Grid. I am Claire. I'm Diane. How are you? I, I'm you. exhausted. I guess for people watching our YouTube video, I have a completely different backdrop. It's a little bit chaotic behind me in a mess because I am in the last day or so of the move. I've The last box is unpacked. It's just now putting everything up in new places and new shelves. And I've built practically everything because it was all new furniture. So I'm exhausted. I'm bruised. I'm cut up. It's I might have a broken foot. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's been an adventure, that's for sure. And you have internet. I have like, internet. I did not have internet last week. That's right. I was at the old apartment, so I have internet. So, yay. 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 Moving is so hard. And it's always at the end when you're exhausted. And like you said, it's just those little things that need to be done, but it looks terrible. Like probably, you know, until you just get those final things put into place and then poof, it's it's finished and it's amazing. Yeah. And this is my first move in a city without a car. Yikes. So, yeah, because remember, I, I do everything public transit now. I mean, they, we had movers move everything, but it was still if we miss a package and I've had some big shelves delivered, like from, you know, different vendors and stuff and. The ones that were delivered, great, but some of the bigger packages that I've missed because maybe we went to get something to eat or we went to go pick up a package or we were in the cellar doing something. Then we had to walk down and get it. And I had to take an Uber back because I can't carry it. It's too big, you know, yeah. so it's interesting getting used to those kinds of things. So it's fun, though. I love it. I love not having to pick our insurance. So yes. <laughs> like we were talking yesterday, uh, maintenance, gas, insurance, all of it, like parking, especially I'm sure in Berlin, you have a parking space with your place, but you don't need it. So that's good. No, then I'm going to rent out. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, let's I am relying on you. I'm going to be learning as we go because I've been off the grid between just cramming in work and German classes and moving all at the same time. It's been, I haven't had time for anything else. Yeah. No worries. I got you. Um, it was a really busy week. I think I sat down maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe. And oh my goodness, all the stuff that we have to talk about. I was worried initially, what are we going to talk about this week? Because um, we didn't really have anything for grid basics. Hadn't talked about that. Don't need to worry about it. We have a very, very full show. And um, the first topic, though, is definitely a serious one. But stick with us uh, because there's a lot of really fun stuff and a lot of other topics that we're going to go through. But I think for sure, one of the biggest stories out of this week was once again, Helmut Marco, we refer to him as Chatty Cathy, um, had made racist, xenophobic comments about Checo again. So it's not the first time. Um, but really, this time, it just kind of blew up for a lot of different reasons. So Chatty Cathy, and last week we said maybe I I was like, oh, maybe I should put some respect on his name because he's a doctor, whatever. No, I'm not anymore. We're not calling him Dr. Chatty Cathy. <laughs> We're just calling him Chatty Cathy. So he spoke to, spoke to Service TV, which is really run by, it's a Red Bull channel. Um, and he was talking about Checo's struggles. And he said he is South American, and that's why his head is not as focused as Max or Sebastian's but he had a very, very good race. We knew that Ferrari were faster on the straights. The least probably. Let's dissect that. Yeah, and, and I have to tell you, I did see, because I follow Twitter, I, you know, I follow our Twitter, and um, I saw all these beans going up about Red Bull racist. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, and my first thought was, Chatty Cathy said something. Yeah. I, and I've not been in F1 enough to know about some of the history, but that was my first thought. I told yep. you that. That was my first thought. He absolutely did. And least problematic of the statement is that Sergio is from Mexico, which last I looked at a map and what I remember from my geography classes is in North America. Definitely um, North America. I, I could have prepared a map for that. I could have put a picture up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely North America. And some of the best F1 drivers are from South America. 
you got Senna, Bandio, 11 other world champions. I mean, so to, to, to say as a, you know, population or a segment of, the, of society is obvious that they're not focused because that's where they're from or because they have a Latin or Hispanic heritage is racist. <laughs> like, and you're comparing him to Max, who's Dutch, Sebastian Vettel, who's German. You're comparing him to white drivers, right? Like, so I, I've seen a lot of comments where people are like, South America isn't a race, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm, you're missing kind of the whole point. He's yeah, you're comparing to for primarily brown skinned people to primarily white skinned people. Let's let's just call right. it space space. Right. And and white skinned people can focus, right? And clearly others cannot. So that's kind according of how to, that according to Helmet Marco. According to Helmet Marco. <laughs> like Joe, yes, please do not attribute that to me. So this isn't a one-off incident with him, um, which I think makes it a million times worse. And I think where people are just like, okay, done. So I'm going to read you some different things. So in August 2022, he again called um, Checo South American, but he said as a South American, he generally has a lot of ups and downs. After the missile strike in Saudi Arabia last year's GP, he said Max is pretty relaxed. Perez is somewhat scared. He was talking to Sky Germany when he said this. But if you live in Mexico City, it's not much safer there. He also said Checo can't match Max because of his Mexican temperament. Um, July 2022, after Checo lost a podium battle to George, he joked, and if you're on our um, YouTube, you see me using air quotes, that Sergio had drunk tequila and, and fell asleep. Um, yeah. Also, like Chatty, Chatty Cathy has defended Nelson Piquet, who we've talked about before. He's a former world champ. His daughter dates Max. He was hit um, last year with a $1 million fine. Um, and can't be in the paddock for using a racial slur against Lewis at Silverstone. Since then, a lot more comments have come out that he's made about Lewis. Marco came out and defended him, um, saying like, oh, if you translate it, it's not that bad. He accused Lewis of like publicizing the statements. But there's been other examples of racism surrounding some of the people around Red Bull. And I'm not going to go into all of that. Like you can, you can go look at it. One of their other drivers, they dismissed for using a racial slur on a, like a streaming, you know, when they do the driving streaming things, um, got rid of him. They said they don't condone racism of any kind, but at the same time, like I just gave you some of the examples that I could find, uh, that around like stuff that Chatty Cathy has said about Checo. Um, he's still with the team. He's giving interviews almost on the daily. So yeah, I <laughs> I just think that there is, I don't know, there's no excuse for it. And if you were watching Red Bull's media, they were not posting as much this week. They posted quite a bit this weekend because Seb was driving his old world championship Red Bull at the Nuremberg And um, so they were, in my opinion, using Seb as a way to kind of get past this whole thing. But people were commenting left and right. Why are you not speaking out? Why are you not condemning what Helmet said? Why is Helmet still with the team? On and on and on and on. And not one thing was addressed. So well, it kills me too to be so off so many times about South America. I thought, okay, I'm gonna give you benefit of the doubt. Is <laughs> Does, does he have anything to do with South America and his heritage? No, he was born in Mexico. Perez was born in Mexico. Like, he's lived there his whole life. Yeah. It's just not caring. It's it's not caring about who who Checo no, is, where not. he's from. No. N none of that. And, 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 and it could be just dismissive, right? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where he's from. They're all the same. And, you know, that, that could be Helmut's um, thought process there. I don't know. But it's it to me it's ridiculous. And so um I, I don't know. A whole bunch of other stuff came out where he was talking about Checo and it's a shame that Lando, you know, has such a long contract and blah blah blah. Perez has come out um saying, you know, hey, if my place is not with this team, if I can't help this team or be in an environment where I can contribute, then I need to look for another place. And one thing, like I was telling, saying to you yesterday, 
this is going to be an interesting race week because all of this stuff went down on an off week. So you know the media is going to be hitting up Red Bull, Checo, every, maybe other drivers about all this stuff that was was being said. It's also Checo's 250th Grand Prix. So wow. it's kind of like, I think, it, you know, he's got a special helmet. We'll talk more about that um, next week. But that's going to put a huge damper on it. Like nobody from the team has stood up and, and defended you or condemned what he said. So how awkward and, and terrible is that going to feel? Like, I would feel awful going in with that. I yeah, just I, I agree. And and it's just, and it's consistent. It's it's not even a one-off, oh, you can learn from it, move on. Because right. people can learn and grow. I mean, that's one thing. Right. I've, I've met and seen plenty of stories of people who were raised one way and they were educated and they learned from their their past and they learned the truth and they're like oh i don't want to be that person anymore i need to improve and then they stop and they might have some slips but they stop and they try really hard yeah. he's, he's not trying he's, he's not no. trying he's not trying and there's a lot of excuses like oh he's old and blah 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 like it doesn't matter you can still learn you can still be respectful of There's plenty people. of old people who are very much understanding of what it is to be racist and how harmful racism and oppression is. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a sport where a lot of people still consider it very elitist. It, you know, there's, we look at Mercedes and the push. Yeah. That they're, that they're, they're pushed for diversity at Mercedes and, and making sure that from the top to the bottom, you know, there's diversity and doing, I'm still, I'm finishing up the Gunter Steiner book and he's got a whole section in there about diversity and, and it's important. So I've heard that Red Bull did not come out and, and condemn anything because technically Marco helmet, Marco is a consultant um, for the team. He does, he is not an official employee of Red Bull F1. He was hired by the owner or the top guy who passed away last year around um, Austin, so October, and that's who he answered to. But I told you this yesterday, I call BS on that because you have this person who has so much influence over your drivers for two different teams, Red Bull, AlphaTauri. He made a decision within um, 30 minutes, supposedly, to get rid of Nick and put Danny Rick back into the cars based on yeah. Danny Rick doing things. You allow him to go out there and speak on your behalf, not only to the Red Bull station service, but podcasts and print media and the whole nine yards. So I don't think you can have it both ways. If you're going to allow him to be out there representing you, then guess what? You also need to take responsibility for what he is saying when he's out there. So he did issue an apology. I will say that. Saturday or Friday, he finally did issue a, a short apology. Um, I think I have it. Hang on, but I uh, bear with me one second. You can talk while I'm looking because <laughs> I did take a screenshot of it. Uh, okay, here's what he said. Concerning my remark about Sergio Perez, Service TV Sport and Talk on Monday, September 4th. I would like to apologize for my offensive remark and want to make it absolutely clear that I do not believe that we can generalize about the people from any country, any race, any ethnicity. That was it. Hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Somebody else wrote that for you because you do it all the time. You do it all the time. And there's supposedly stuff out there about Yuki I couldn't even go down that rabbit trail because he's my global treasure. And I knew I would just get <laughs> more and more um, <clears throat> upset, but yeah, the, um, I was kind of surprised that really nobody else immediately stood up for Checo. The Mexico Grand Prix did put something out on their social media um, condemning what Helmut Marco said. That is a race that's coming up. I'm guessing he probably won't travel to that race. I don't know how many races he honestly travels to, but I'm guessing that 
probably won't be one of them. That one, yeah. I'm thinking he won't do that one. No. Um, and then Lewis Hamilton did come out and also say it's more than language. These archaic mindsets need to change and have no place in our sport. So overall, like just really, really, uh, you hate to see it. And the whole race is won. People are not not believing that tagline anymore because FIA, F1, Red Bull, nobody really came out to say like, this is not okay. Well, it's, it's counterintuitive to their website because I'm on Red Bull Racing's website and it says on their diversity inclusion statement, inclusion is at the very heart of our culture, enabling us to optimize our team, sport and fan experience across the globe, but we can always do better. And we have aspirations to be even more diverse and inclusive organization. We are taking progressive steps through our Drive for Change program and will hold ourselves to account to ensure that we are a team where everyone is welcome. We will endeavor to be game changers, causing disruption to drive meaningful change. Nope. <laughs> I'm just going to say nope. None of, do you feel like any of the stuff that happened this week in their silence no. reflects that statement? Well, I suppose part, at least part of the quote from Christian Horner, no. No. And Christian Horner has definitely not come out and said one word about this. So they're going to be asked about it. I hope that they are asked about it this week in the principal chats and the driver chats. And I hate for that to shadow um, or put, you know, a shadow over Checo's 250th Grand Prix because that's like, I think, more than Haas has as an entire team. Um, so that's disappointing. But I do think it needs to be discussed. Um, I agree. Last year, it was, I think, Yuki said Sebastian Vettel would be a really good replacement for Chatty Cathy. And I agree. Let's do it. Maybe that's why they were putting Sebastian out there this weekend, besides the fact that he was driving his world championship car. Maybe it's a soft launch. Maybe. maybe, maybe. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping. I think that Sebastian would be amazing in that role. I think he, like Yuki said, he would be great with rookie drivers or drivers coming up teaching them who better than a world champion driver. Like let's make it happen because this guy needs to hit the bricks. I agree. I agree. It's too much, too much ridiculousness I'm over it. And now I really don't like Red Bull because you're not, you're not walking the talk people, not walking the talk. And I don't like it anyways. Okay. All right. On to, lighter things somewhat lighter things this was kind of shocking so the fia came out this week and said not one of the 10 teams exceeded the cost cap last year i saw that very anticlimactic because we were we heard rumors that there were three teams that had done it we were speculating which ones it was none of them nobody zero that's quite interesting yeah yeah I kind of find it hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> Although I will say like, when you look at like Aston Martin and all that kind of stuff, their new facilities, their new wind tunnel that they're working on, they started all of that stuff before the cost cap was implemented. So it doesn't really apply. It doesn't really apply. So there's that. Um, I just found it interesting and there you go. No, nobody gets uh, in trouble. Creative for accounting. Yeah. Creative accounting. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, okay. Mario Andretti, uh, F1 license. So allegedly they rebranded their, their company name to, I think it's Andretti Global or something like that. And their homepage, I should have taken a screenshot, has kind of like a silhouette of an F1 car. Um, and so there's a, a lot of speculation that they will be getting their F1 license, which could mean they have a place on the grid possibly in 2026, I think it would be. So we'll have to keep an eye well, on there that. Was talk, there was talk earlier in the year, right, that there was going to be possibly two additional teams in 2026. Yeah. Yep. So maybe they are moving forward with it. Like that could be happening because why else would you rebrand your your company name and have a picture or a shadow or a silhouette whatever of an f1 looking car in the background so yeah on that one that's a, that would be exciting yeah it could be really 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 interesting okay silly season so new reports 
I feel like silly season has not been that exciting this year. Um, and we still have a few seats that need to be filled. But new reports that Charles has negotiated contract renewal with Ferrari. Supposedly it's a two plus three contract and it's valid when the current one expires. So I'm guessing two years guaranteed and then maybe an option for another three um, is how I would kind of read that. Um, and supposedly Carlos is trying to negotiate the same contract um, extension, but they're still negotiating. But we have already talked about how like signs could be maybe going to Sauber when they take over for Alfa Romeo, which I think still for all of the reasons I expressed in a previous podcast episode, go back and, and listen to it, could be a great fit for Carlos. I, again, I don't think that he's ever going to be the number one or even an equal driver with Charles. I think they're going to make sure Charles is always their number one driver. So I think Sauber really could do a lot for him. But in the same um, source, they linked Carlos to possibly going to Alpine. Which wow. Don't do <laughs> I love Alpine. Do don't get me wrong. I just cannot see Carlos at Alpine. I don't know why. Yeah, that would be weird. I think. Yeah. I, I think I, I really do think he needs to be the lead driver on a team, though. He is so good. I do too. He needs I to be the lead driver agree. where the car and the effort is being put into him. Yep, I He's agree. Yeah. Then what, what would that look like? We know how smart he is on the track. We know he can do his own um, strategy. We know like he will go for it when, especially if he's feeling comfortable in a car. So I'm kind of rooting for Sauber if he doesn't, for some reason, say Mercedes and he, I mean, Mercedes, oh my gosh, Ferrari. And um, I, even then, even if Ferrari wants to keep him. Why not take a chance with Sauber? They've got nothing to do but work on a car for 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they could they could make it happen. Um, also, there was a quote this week from Lando. So again, Chatty Kathy was going on and on about how like they could have signed Lando, but then he went and signed a multi-year contract with McLaren back in like 2019. And <laughs> it's such a shame that he did that. Max has also said, probably not the best move to sign a multi-year contract with McLaren. And then Lando came out and said that he would be open to the opportunity of partnering with Max at Red Bull. So if I'm Zach Brown, I'm probably losing my mind a little bit because my little golden boy is talking about another, another Absolutely. team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I didn't hear that one. I mean, I've been, like, like I said, I've been kind of out of it. Some of these things I've heard on the, the periphery, I did not hear about that. That is. Yeah. Zach has got it. Zach, Zach has pulled so many, you know, undercuts and, you know, backdoor deals and pulled drivers away that and then yeah. this is just openly like, oh, well, you know, this would be kind of cool. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yep. Nope. Lando was like, I'd be open to it. So he's also setting himself up. Um, but I think, again, as long as Max is there, Lando, you're just going to be Checo. You know what I mean? Like your your car is probably not going to be fit to you. That's something that Checo had also said recently is like they stopped really trying to make the car comfortable or work for him. It's really focused on Max. Um, we all saw what happened when Checo, maybe we thought we could have a duel of the two Red Bulls at the beginning of the season <laughs> and everything has kind of gone, you know, Checo has to fight back every week. I mean, at McLaren, you're the golden boy. You are their number one. So I don't know. Um, and last, last thought on silly season is Mick losing hope of getting a seat. Like when you think about Liam Lawson out there who might maybe pick up a seat at Alpha Tauri, like he's looking good. He's, I I thought I was I, I thought he was pretty solid for a second race out. Yeah, very. He's he is looking good. And again, that car is not anything to write home about. Um, I think it'll be interesting this week, but the more time he spends in that car, the more comfortable he's gonna get. And just with the whole like I don't know the atmosphere, everything about F1. It's, it is different from F2 and F3. You're often at the same tracks, but like, still it's a whole different thing. So he's just going to get more and more comfortable. So I kind of think like Mick might be losing his, his shot at a seat this year and may 
one stay with Mercedes. So we'll see. And Liam's um, going to get some extra time. So he's definitely giving himself that opportunity to make a case for himself. If Nick DeVries can make a case for himself in one race, Liam Lawson being very consistent and almost in the points, he was what, 11th last, last break? Yeah. Week? Gosh, it seems like longer ago. Um, now we've got some, some other courses coming up. He might not be that familiar with just like the other rookies are not probably that familiar. So it's going to be interesting. I say good for him. If you, if you ever get that opportunity, like whose philosophy was, it? Oh, um, Bruce Arians for the talking American football, <laughs> you know, it's next man up you you be ready because when your opportunity is presented, you need to step in and perform like you've always been doing it. And that's exactly what <laughs> Liam has been doing. Yep. Good for you. I think that's awesome. Um, speaking of drivers from AlphaTauri, uh, Daniel. So I think you saw the picture of his yep. hand he showed this yep. week. Huge scar. So I think for sure it's his fifth metacarpal, just like me. Except I did it on this hand. He did it on his left hand, right? Huge scar if you're looking like down the whole side of it from his pinky, like on down. Look gnarly, gnarly. Christian, I Warner, really think he's got a plate. I really think he's got a plate in there to go that be. that big. It makes me think of the plate on my leg that I have. So, um, yeah. And you need time for that plate to heal and to set because there's screws to hold it in and, and everything, which will make it really strong because the plate just. You won't break it again. You can break it above and below the plate, but you won't break it below, inside the plate ever again. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I think you're 100%, 100% spot on because I was telling you, like, I can barely see the scar on my hand where I had it, but I only broke it in one area um, and I didn't need a plate. It just a screw, pop the screw in there and you're done. So I think you're 100% right. And because it will take a while with the plate to heal, they think he won't come back until Qatar, which is October 8th. And that's six weeks. That's what makes me think it. We were talking about six weeks. But I was saying that also, that was what I was inferring with uh, Liam getting extra time in the car. Yeah. He gets more chances because Danny's yeah. out through, through Qatar. And that's if he can make it back on Qatar, right? Because yeah. that's healing and, you know, how much rehab can he do to that point if if it's a plate if he's you know needs yeah. to let it set before he can do anything and it may not be a plate but you know it'll be interesting to see yeah i kind of like <laughs> when, I I his, when i saw his picture i was like i need more information now that i've actually broken a bone and it's like basically the same metacarpal that i did i'm like i need to know what happened here like where was the break was there multiple breaks what did the break look like what did your doctor have to do? Like, what is your rehab? Because I was in rehab for months, but I had a hard time making a fist. Now, if this is a real x-ray, someone's got a, a link up that it's, a, it's, but that doesn't make sense. Never mind. Okay. Oh. <laughs> there's no make. That would not be good if somehow his, his uh, x-ray got out there. Um, yeah. So his, his hand is immobile right now supposedly based on what Christian said, um, he's in rehab working on it. So I just hope that he is doing the exercises they are giving him. He's in rehab with them daily and doing all the exercises <laughs> so he can come back. But like you said, if he comes back in Qatar, that still gives Liam Watson two races, um, two more races, I guess I should say, uh, to really be out there. So that's pretty exciting. And it, even if he doesn't come back for Qatar, he will definitely be back by Austin because that is oh, yeah. his favorite race. He loves Austin, and I cannot imagine him um, no. not making it there. Not, not at all. I can't imagine that either. No, not at all. Okay, let's talk Alex Albon for a second because we last week we talked about like how good he's been doing in quali since the summer break. He's P four, P six, just really lot of confidence in that car but if you compare the first seven races of the year where he scored one point which was in the first race and we were so excited because i'm like "Ooh, williams looks kind of good i can't wait to see what they do and then it was like nothing 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 for the last six races you compare that to the most recent seven races where he has scored 20 points that is insane 
that's insane. Like six four, six four, I think is or six four four six is how it went. And he had a little a couple races in between where it didn't quite go as well. But I just think that is so exciting. And I cannot wait to see these last few races because we are like sadly, it's gonna be the end of the season before we know it. I can't I just hope that they finish on a high. I, I do. I'm so excited for Alex Allen having the year he is. He's doing he is and and Part of it is just get that car to perform, not have these weird things happen, right? But yeah, I'm excited to see how well he does. Yeah, and we know that they're they're not going to invest any more really into the car this season. So using what they do have and still being able to bring home points or be up there like during qualifying, oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, okay, let's see. Back to Liam Lawson for just a second. So we know that he finished. His first race was the Dutch Grand Prix, right? That's where Danny. Yeah. Was. Um, why does that seem so long ago? <laughs> it was only a couple weeks ago. I'm like, is that right? But he finished 13th. So technically that is his debut, F1 debut. There's only two other drivers who have had a better finish than 13th since 2015. Can you guess who they are? Don't look at the sheet. Don't. No, because I already, <laughs> already looked at the sheet, so now I can't guess. <laughs> Carlos and Yuki. Those are the oh, only two drivers, yeah, since 2015 to have a better debut. Um, then so they both finished ninth in their F1 debuts. So that's awesome. When you think about that, like he did he's done better than Max. Like, seriously, like awesome. Good for you, Liam. I love it. Okay. Now we talked about this last week, but we need like a fanfare. Are you ready for some fun facts? <laughs> Fun facts. Do, do, do. <laughs> One question that debut. What about Nick DeVries? Because Nick DeVries got points in his F1 debut. I don't think because he was a – well, I don't know. He did get points, but I don't think that he – no. Did he get points in his – oh, he did. Did he? he did. Can you, can you look up really quickly and see where he finished? He, yeah. I don't think he was on that list. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, because he got, because um, he got, that was one of the things is he got points on his first, his first time out. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the whole thing. I thought he was in the points yeah, too. Yeah, because but... he got two career points. Oh. I mean, then I don't know. Maybe they struck him off the list. Maybe it's just the current drivers that I was looking at. That might be current drivers. Yeah. Could that would make sense. But that's a really good point. I totally forgot that he did score points in his technically F1 debut. Yeah, he got um, ninth. Yeah. Yeah, two points. Two points. Oh, okay. Well, he didn't do as well as Nick DeVries did in his F1 debut. <laughs> anyway. That's hey. what I'm fact checking us while we go. Don't anybody else fact checking us? <laughs> I like I like fact checking. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I'm guessing then the list that I saw was only F1 current F1 that, driver. Current driver. That makes sense. That. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> okay, here we go. Some fun facts for you. Max is the first driver to win the four classics ever. So Monaco, Silverstone, Monza, and Spa in the same season. I feel like that's, you know, kind that's of cool. like a grand slam or whatever they call um, in tennis and, you know, all of that stuff. You win the four, the four grand slams. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Carlos, who led the race for 14 laps in Monza, he's the only non-Red Bull driver to lead that many laps this year. <laughs> Yay, cool. Carlos. I'm so excited for that too. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, and then also because Carlos had such a great birthday weekend, right? Like pole finishing on the, on the podium, having to battle everybody. He also won the F1 grill the grid by four points over Charles. And if you don't know what grill the grid is, please go to the F1 YouTube channel and watch it. I think it's hysterical every year. They have the drivers do all these different contests and they give them points on how many they get right. Carlos is really, really good at this game. He always has been. 
Um, but the games can be anything from like, here's baby pictures. That's a really cute one to watch this year. Like who guess the driver based on their baby pictures. If you haven't seen Valtteri Botas's baby picture, like Lewis was like, he's such a cute kid. Um, they asked them to rank them by age. Like who's the oldest, who's the youngest. And you, you know, you got 20 drivers. you got to get in there. They've done that before by height. Um, what else name? Uh, you have to name a driver. I think it is for each letter of the alphabet there. So there's all different things or name like two drivers who, who won whatever. And one of the other ones, two drivers who have voiced a cartoon character. And so Fernando Alonso is one and he couldn't even remember that. He did not remember that he had voiced a cartoon character. <laughs> but Lewis has Charles, Carlos, like there's uh, even um, Nick DeVries, I guess, had, had done one at the time. Um, and then the last one was they had to place uh, pictures of monuments, whatever you want to call them, things that identify a country. They had to, it was like a geography test, basically, place it. Hysterical to watch. Like, I mean, I have I probably couldn't have gotten either, but there were some that really did very bad. So anyways, go watch some of those. It's really fun. But that did round out um, Carlos's amazing weekend. He's the Grill the Grid champion for 2023. So interesting thing about Carlos, because I don't think we have it on here, but the other interesting thing that happened to him is someone stole his $300,000 watch and he chased down the robbers. So yes. he had... That was in my, yes, that was in my Beyond the Grid thing, but we could talk about that now. I'm sorry. So sorry. Tonight, um, he and his trainer, and I'm sure a few other people were out in Milan and two guys stole his watch. Um, it is, I think people were saying it was a 500 pound, 500 euro, thousand euro watch or whatever. It really is like 250. It's Richard Mille, which, or Mille, I don't know how you say it, is the, um, is a sponsor of theirs, sponsor of a lot of teams, honestly. And, um, so I'm sure they get the watches, but it's a very, very nice watch, but, it's worth 250,000, but it retails for, or on the secondary market, it goes for 500 because it's really hard to get. Um, but he did, he and his trainer chased the guys down. They got the watch back, the police were there. Um, there's video out there, not of the actual chase, but when the police are arresting the guy and putting him in the cop car and Carlos is just like, you can tell he's just like, I don't know if they caught both of them, but they got one of them. So, I what mean, that was kid. disappointing. What a weekend. So, sorry, I, I didn't realize she had to be on the ground. Oh, uh, the whole round out of the crazy weekend for Carlos. So, I mean, talk about highs and lows. Holy moly. <laughs> he had it all. That's for sure. But last fun fact. So, whenever Max gets a record, um, it seems like so does Fernando and Fernando's gets kind of not a lot of attention. So I think it's really important to note that in Monza, Fernando completed 20,000 race laps in F1. He is the only F1 driver to complete 20,000 race laps. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? Like incredible just to like conceptually think about that that's crazy when the races are somewhere between 50 and 70 laps right 70 ish yeah. laps that's a, lot, that's a lot of racing i know like i kind of want somebody to break it down i mean i know lap times vary depending on the track you know how long the track is and all that kind of stuff but i kind of want somebody to break it down and say like that equals this many hours in an f1 car <laughs> I mean, over 20 years, that's a lot of races. I mean, I guess yeah. I could go back and figure out how many, you know. We can figure it out. We can yeah. We'll can. we find it. We'll find it for our end of the year wrap up. I think that'd be neat. Yes, we should totally do that. Our stats. But yeah, anyways, I feel like there, there has, Fernando has had a couple records set or broken and it just gets overshadowed by Max's records. So yeah. I just want to share because Fernando needs all of the, all the accolades. He is incredible. Hi, Fernando. Ah. Okay. So beyond the grid, the other thing I was going to say about the watch situation is the same thing happened to Charles and he also chased after them and got his watch back. <laughs> Different really? Yeah. That was a couple years ago. Um, honestly, that was like last year, I think. So yeah, not maybe not wear those watches out and about. Yeah. 
or have a swatch. <laughs> a swatch watch. So oh, those God. these days are probably worth a lot because they're vintage. <gasps> they probably are. Remember the little rubber that went over, like to keep your glass from getting. <laughs> oh, we're dating ourselves right now. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, so uh, beyond beyond the grid, there was quite, I think, a few things that happened. One of which was Yuki and Alfred Howery were at the Venice Film Festival debuting their new documentary, Whatever It Takes, The Race Before the Races. Um, it's going to be available on Sky Sports F1, which I'm kind of bummed. Like, I really do want to see this. But there was a lot of video and I reposted, made a reel, put a proper song on it, not some Italian um, song, boring song. Um, although I do like a lot of Italian music. But... We needed to jazz it up a little bit. So I took the video of Yuki coming in in a tux on a boat with the car, like on there, put a little boo thing on um, <laughs> that song. Like they couldn't know. wait till we're in Venice in December. Come on. Right. I know. Come on now. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, why? Why could it not have been while we were there? Um, so anyways, really, really adorable. Yuki, again, a global freaking treasure riding on a boat with his car in a tux. Love it. But that documentary will be coming out at some point soon. Um, if it's available or anybody finds it somewhere other than Sky Sports, which I do not have, let me know because I do want to watch it. This I also love. So we have coming up, I think it's this coming weekend, actually. The Ryder Cup is taking place in Rome. And again, another reason, like, why could this not be happening when we're in Rome in December? Um, but... <laughs> They, Carlos announced that he is going to be playing in the writer on the Ryder Cup All-Star team for Team Paven, so Corey Paven. And I like, I'm like, how do I get tickets? Because we know Carlos is a really good golfer. He, yeah, I want to go. Yes, like an All-Star team, like with regular golfers, and then Carlos. But like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the video. Oh, can't be this weekend because they're in Singapore. When is it? Maybe. Says so the 29th through October 1st. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So that'll be in between. Oh, so he'll be Singapore, Japan, fly to Rome, play in a golf, then go to Qatar. Okay. He's going to be exhausted, but whatever. Um, he can do it. <laughs> he can do it. So keep an eye out for that because, I mean, golf, my kids, both golfers, um, and I will be definitely paying attention to the Ryder Cup and hopefully they show the all-star match. Um, also, Apple Plus is going to be airing a documentary on Lewis Hamilton. I think that it comes out November 2nd. He was involved in the production and the making of this documentary. So I, I'm hoping it really does bring a lot of, you know, personal information, new information. You all know I love a great documentary. I will watch documentaries all night. So I cannot wait. I'm going to be keeping an eye out and I will keep you posted as we get closer, but just know that that's coming. And then also there's a movie about Ferrari coming out on Christmas day. And I love my family, but I'm trying to figure out how I can sneak out. <laughs> I hate to play games. And so they always try to force that on me. So maybe if they start playing games, like I'll just quietly sneak out and go watch the movie, but it's starring Adam driver and it looks really good. I think it focuses on maybe Enzo and back in the day. And so it looks amazing. I cannot wait. So Christmas Day for our movie. And then also, finally, Alex Albon is joining the ranks of drivers with their own merch line. So we know like Lando has one. I think Oscar has one. Max has his stuff. But Alex Albon is coming out with a new line called Alex Albon Athletics. So no idea when it's going to come out, what it's going to look like. He just said, you know, coming soon. So we'll see. I They did drop a 23 hoodie on Williams last weekend. And so I don't know if that was like a little, you know, preview. But what I didn't like about, like, I hope that's not it. Because 23, like, what do you usually think of when you see the number 23 on athletic gear? Michael Jordan. So yeah. I, you know, and like Michael Jordan is known around the world. So I'm kind of hoping that he's not using 
23 on everything. Cause I would buy something from Alex Albon, just like I'm going to buy something from Yuki's line when he come, his comes out, <laughs> but not if it says 23, cause then I'll have to explain to everybody. It, yes. I love Michael Jordan, but it's Alex Albon. That's not going to make any sense. So I will keep you posted on that, but I cannot wait. Cannot wait for, I'm going to go broke buying all these extra stuff. Although Williams did not come out with any golf merch for this week. And so I guess that's saving me some money. So there you go. <laughs> no. Put it through Alex or Yuki. Yeah. Whichever comes first, I'm going to be, well, I think Yuki's line is already out there, but I think it's only available in Japan and it's going to be. So if anybody goes to Japan and you want to and you find something like from Yuki and you want to send it to me, let me know. But um, yeah, otherwise I'll have to wait for Yuki to start shipping internationally, which I do happen to work for a company that can handle that. So maybe I'll reach out. Okay. Anyways, next week, finally race week, and we've got back to backs. So we're going to be in Singapore and then we go to Japan. So woo, back to back race weeks. Um, but here's what you need to know about Singapore. 62 laps, three DRS zones. There is a reconfiguration of the track. So I wasn't able to confirm like how long the track is, um, but I'll tell you more about that in just a second. It is now what, what we can call the original night race because we know uh, Las Vegas will also now be a night race, but Singapore was the very first uh, course track to do circuit, whatever, to do a night race. And so they race at night. It's a big challenge for the drivers because it's hot, it's humid, you know, it, it takes place on the street. It's a street track. So it's bumpy. Um, and you got the, the lights and everything of Singapore, like right? Control the lights. Yeah. Right, see lights. That skyline is so amazing. Um, but again, so it'll be a little bit bumpy. So there is a new layout this year and the section between turns 16 and 19, um, from the 22 layout, they, they've made it one long straight. So that could be kind of interesting, right? Like it's going to be really long. So it reduces the number of corners from 23 to 19. I think wow. at 23, I want to say it had the most corners of any circuit when it had 23. At 19, I still think it's one of the highest, but I'd have to go check and I just didn't. So apologies, but I didn't go check that. Having that extra straight will give us some extra speed down there. So that would be kind of cool to watch. And and I need, I would need to go back. I don't know if there were three DRS zones last year or adding that straight has kind of made that, um, you know, added a DRS zone. Um, so it's the layout's going to be really unfamiliar to most of the drivers. So maybe kind of an even playing field because I don't think some of the rookies um, have driven there before. So that will kind of make it a little bit more interesting. The drivers do think that it's going to allow for more overtaking, which like we just said, kind of makes sense. If, especially if there's another really long straight, that could be a great place for overtaking. They still think that it's going to be high speed. Um, and the drivers tend to lose three kilograms in body weight during the course of the race. That's Holy six pounds because of the humidity oh, yeah. and the heat and everything else. So yeah, that's going to be really, really crazy, but it should still be a very high speed um, circuit, which I think is going to be awesome. There has also been at least one safety car at every Singapore race. So last year there were two, there were three in 2019. So it again, could be a lot, a lot of action <laughs> between the speed, the new circuit, safety cars, you name it. It should be another really exciting race. Yay. That's exciting. And I'm reading there's a, instead of the three hour time limit, there's only a two hour time limit. I don't know. Night. Oh, maybe because it's night. Yeah. That's yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Then that would be the same. I mean, you're awake. You're it's night. What? What does it matter? You're already driving in the dark. Just saying. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it matters or not. But I'm just excited for another really. I want a fun, fast. Give me some drama like we had in Monza. I mean, not necessarily between my two Ferraris, but like. I want to see the fight at the front and the back and the middle. Like, I just want people going for it. 
everywhere. I know. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, it says a, a, an F run race is normally two hours, but can run up to three if there's red flags. So, yeah, that's what it is. The red flags extends it. That's where the three hours come from. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, yeah. Saying that, they're saying that, though, the Singapore typically runs up to the two hour mark, though. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I can't I'm wait. I'm excited. So, it's race weekend, and then you're traveling this weekend, which is going to make it kind of crazy. Yeah, it'll be good. Not And I'm not traveling the following weekend. Oh, that's right. Because it's my birthday. Yay! Go to it's Ireland. Yay! <laughs> yeah, no, I won't I won't really be be gone. But yeah, it's it's all good. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's race week. That's all that matters. I woke up this morning like oh, race. Oh no, we don't have a race. <laughs> that's well, okay. It's the first day of American football. Yeah, thank you for keeping us up on everything this week. Since I was so busy, I, yeah. I learned so much. I mean, like I said, I had heard bits and pieces, but not to the in-depth. So I really appreciate that we have this because now I feel all caught up. Yes, you're all caught up for this week. And again, I think we're going to have a lot of info for next week, too. Just with everything that happened this past week and then the race. And yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> It'll probably be another one. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well... It's just ready. I would, I want to say like ah, but it's the race is not a race week. Like oh. I feel I do. I feel like it's been like forever since there's been a race. It's only I know week. these now that we're back these one weeks off, and then when you have the back to back, it's yeah, it's like go go go, and then yeah, exactly. Well, all right, it well, is race we'll week. wrap it up, and because we could sit here and linger on that forever. But anyway, thank you all for coming along on the ride, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Thank you.